it's a big deal to have that kind of participation. Like this, honestly, this pandemic has really, well, it's kind of messed us up. <laughs> it really has. And uh, it's, it's done some really good things, which I'd like to talk about at some point. But it's also revealed some stresses that we've got to deal with. And it's forced us as a church and other churches to either rediscover what are we doing and how can we manage and, and encourage those that need encouragement. So this intro that I want to do for our, um, my message this morning, um, I want to do it after I do my other intro. <laughs> I got two intros. It's crazy. But uh, I came across this one today, and it's like, oh my goodness, shoot, and I got to <laughs> change stuff. But that, to me, is how it works. I, my hope is to keep encouraging you. I had a conversation with someone this week about um, what is the core message here? What, what are we about as a church? And we can pick our programs. We can say, well, we're about evangelism. We're about, you know, kids ministry. We're about this. We're about that. Well, I'm hoping we're about the love of God, the love of Jesus, that being the core. Who is this Jesus? So since Christmas is coming up, I want to I kind of do a couple weeks of looking at a, a bigger foundation. So I've called this um, uh, the one, the word, the revealer. Now, it sounds like a weird title, but you'll understand when I'm coming from the Gospel of John. And I want to begin with that. And I think the beginning of the book of John is one of the least read portions of the book of John. Because everybody jumps ahead and gets into the story. John the Baptist, woohoo! Like get into the stuff they can understand. This other stuff, man, that's hard. Nah, I'll get, that to, I'll get to that later. But I want to redirect us back to what I think is the foundation. And if John, who's writing the book of John, if that's the actual author, who knows? There's been some debate, who cares? The point is what's going to be shared is this is what was meant to be understood at the beginning. It's laying the foundation, and you'll understand what I mean. So I'm going to do a loose intro reading of John chapter 1, verses 1 to 18. And uh, I know a couple weeks ago, I introduced you to this First Nations version of the New Testament. And again, I'm loving this. You know, it's, to me, it's not a study Bible. It's like another interpretation. It's another... Well, it's like, how many of you listen to sermons of other ministers? <laughs> you, you clearly do, and you better, because I'm clearly not the one voice. I don't, I'm just a, a sojourner on the journey with you. I don't, I don't have the authoritative answer for any of this stuff. I get to share what I'm learning, and I learn from many other teachers, many other authors, and so on. This is, when we see another translation of the Bible, that's what that does. It unpacks a lens that you and I are not familiar with. And we don't get everything. Like you go to a library, there's so many different sections, and not every section tickles everybody's fancy. So you go to the section that draws your interest. So when I read this one, it fits the pattern of translations I'm, I'm being exposed to. Uh, the mirror translation has been a, a deep deep study type Bible, devotional Bible. I, I rarely use it to preach from because it's way too intense. But when you start to go through it, you go, oh my goodness. And that's from Francois in uh, South Africa. And then you have the Passion Translation, which is now readily available online on, the, I forget, Bible Gateway. You can add it as one of the translations. I have about six translations I see at a time as I look up scriptures because I compare. 
Because we need to. You can't just pick one translation. Jesus did not read King James. Sorry if that burst someone's bubble. He just didn't. (laughs) So as we wake up to a wider and bigger view of who God is and who the love of God is and how far it reaches, it should mess with our minds. It should mess with our system of religion. It should mess with all that we've learned. Because if we get locked in, solid into one place, we think we've arrived and there's no room for teachability. If you have your list of doctrines, here's what I believe, there's no room for change because now you compare everything you're learning to that and go, nope, doesn't fit that and you throw it out. Wait a minute, what if this is incomplete, which it is, where's the room for teachability? I know it sounds like a bit of a rant, but too bad. To me, this is, I'm trying to capture all that I've been trying to prepare this week, and I I can't figure it out yet, so I'm I'm hoping it'll all kind of come out and make sense to whoever is listening in one way or another. So let's let's go into the intro. (laughs) The Gospel of John, the First Nations Version. Again, if none of you have heard this before, it is beautiful. If you're a traditional believer and um, have been in church most of your life, some of these words will throw you off. Please don't let it. Let the Spirit of Jesus show you that it's okay to call God the Creator or however it's worded. You're going to, it could trigger somebody, but I'm finding it triggering me into a better understanding, not a repulsive one. John chapter 1. Creator's word comes down. Long ago in the time before all days, before the creation of all things, the one who is known as the Word, capital W, was there face to face with the great spirit. This word fully represents creator and shows us who he is and what he is like. That's important. He has always been there from the beginning, for the Word, notice the capital W again, and Creator are one and the same. Through the Word, all things came into being, and not one thing exists that He did not create. Creator's life shined out from the Word, giving light to all human beings. This is the true light that comes to all the peoples of the world and shines on everyone. The light shines into the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it or put it out. Into the wilderness of the land of promise, Judea, came a man named Gift of Goodwill, John. He was sent by the Great Spirit to tell what he knew about the light so everyone could believe. He was not the light, but came to speak the truth about the light. The true light that shines on all people was coming into the darkness of this world. Ooh, I love this. He came down into this world, and even though he made all things, the world did not recognize him. (laughs) Even his own tribe didn't welcome him or honor him. But all 
who welcome and trust him receive their birthright as children of the great spirit. They are born in a new way, not from human father's plans or desires, but born from above by great spirit. Creator's word became a flesh and blood human being and pitched his sacred tent among us, living as one of us. We looked upon his great beauty and saw how honorable he was, the kind of honor held only by this one son who fully represents his father, full of his great kindness and truth. Gift of goodwill, John, told what he knew about him and cried out with a loud voice, The one I have told you about is here. He comes after me, but is much greater, my elder. He has more honor, for even though he is thought to be younger, he existed before I was born. From the fullness of this being, we have all had many gifts of kindness poured out on us. Drawn from the water, Moses gave us our tribal laws, but... The gift of great kindness and the truth came from creator sets free, Jesus, the chosen one. No one has ever seen the great spirit but the one son who is himself the great spirit and closest to the father's heart has shown us what he is like. Do you catch the intensity there and the beauty? Do you like the, the, the way it's communicated? Because if we hear from the same traditional, you know, King James or whatever or NIV, whatever it is you are used to, and they're all, they all have value. I'm not diminishing the value. But I'm saying after you, if there's a picture on the wall long enough, you don't see it anymore. You just don't. If there's dust on something, like in my office, uh, I don't see it anymore until somebody steps in and then suddenly I see with their eyes and go, oh shoot, I gotta clean this up. If you ever wanna clean your house, invite somebody over. That'll work, or your office. Works every time. At least it does for me. So this is just the intro. And you'll see why it's just the intro and I'll come back to it. I'm, I, I'm hoping that something clicked for you, but then I had a, you know, ADHD, rabbit trail, look a squirrel. Um, Actually, where I'm standing is, look, a horse and buggy, because <laughs> there's a, a window out there. It's pretty funny. It happens once in a while. But I want to I share with you something as I dig into the one, the word, the revealer. Do you now understand the title? Okay, that's where it's coming from. Who is Jesus really? And I want to take it beyond the Sunday school stories. I want to take it beyond the cool miracles and the walking on water stuff that we love, and, the, and even just even the cross, which is incredibly important, even the resurrection, there's something deeper, and we just read it. It transcends all of the story to come. This was the foundation for the story coming. But now I want to rabbit trail you just to something real and emotional. Anybody know what that is? <laughs> it's an electrical panel. I want to read to you something I came across this morning. And I thought I could tell it to you my own way or shorten it. I can't. So you're getting the whole thing. It's, it's, just, it's two pages, but I think when you hear it, it might 
reflect what I've been talking about, pandemic stress. And how there is a tension. Things are ramped up. People are tired. There are multiple views on how to perceive all the stuff that's going on. And it's just too much. It just is. It's called, it's all too much. I didn't write this, just so you know. I used to live in a very old apartment building with super sketchy electrical wiring where I, too audaciously, assumed my hairdryer could run while my stereo was on. I would once again find myself opening the gray metal fuse box next to the refrigerator and flipping the breaker. My apartment had been built at a time when there was no electric hair dryers, and the system shut down when modernity asked too much of it. I think of that fuse box often these days, because friends, I just do not think our psyches were, to develop, were developed to hold, feel, and respond to everything coming at them right now. Every tragedy, injustice, sorrow, and natural disaster happening to every human across the planet in real time every minute of the day. The human heart and spirit were developed, this is important, to be able to hold, feel, and respond to any tragedy, injustice, sorrow, or natural disaster that has happened in our village. Let me read that again. The human heart and spirit were developed to be able to hold, feel, and respond to any tragedy, injustice, sorrow, or natural disaster that was happening in our village. So, my emotional circuit breakers keeps overloading because the hardware was built for an older time. It doesn't mean we're older, it just means older time. <clears throat> and yet, when I check social media, it feels there are voices saying, if you aren't talking about this, doing something about that, performatively posting about this theme or that one, sharing posts or commenting on that one, then you're irredeemably callous, privileged, selfish person who is part of the problem. How many have ever felt that? I can see that those feelings being purported. And when I am someone who does actually care about human suffering and injustice, someone who feels every picture I see and story I read, it leaves me feeling like absolute garbage. They used another word. I am left with wondering, am I doing enough? Sacrificing enough? Giving enough? Saying enough about all the horrible things right now to think about myself as a good person and subsequently silence the accusing voices in my head? No. The answer is always no. I am not. Nor could I. Because no matter what I do, the goal of enough is just as far as when I started. <laughs> and yet, doing nothing is hardly the answer. So, I want you to share something with you. Every day of my life, I ask myself three discernment questions I learned from one of my teachers. These are good ones. What's mine to do and what's not mine to do? What's mine to say and what's not mine to say? And this one's harder. What's mine to care about and what's not mine to care about. To be clear, that is not to say that it is not worthy to be cared about by someone, only that my effectiveness in the world cannot extend to every worthy to be cared about 
event and situation. It's not an issue of values, it's an issue of math. So, I try and remember. We are all still living through a global pandemic. And let me pause for that just a second. When it says pandemic, we, we have glossed over. The word pandemic is another picture on the wall we don't see anymore. It's there. But it means the whole freaking world's dealing with this. The whole world, not just Canada, United States, and North America, who seems to be extremely privileged with much, but the whole world is. So we are in a pandemic. And that means the baseline of anxiety and grief is higher than ever and shared by everyone. Number two, the world is on fire literally and metaphorically. Number three, I only have so much water in my bucket to help with the fires. <laughs> I like that. I only have so much water in my bucket to help with the fires. The more exposure I have to the fires, I have no water to fight. The more likely I am to get so burned and inhale so much smoke that I cannot help anymore with the fires close enough to fight once my bucket is full again. So I try to tell myself that it's okay to focus on one fire. It's okay to do what is yours to do. Say what's yours to say. Care what's yours to care about. That is enough. You can't control everything. If immigration reform is yours, if it is the fire you have water to throw on, thank you. And that is enough. There will be voices saying, but what about climate change? You don't care about the planet's dying. Tune all those pressure voices out. I mean, you could turn around and ask the environmentalists next door why they're heartless about the care of immigrants, but there's no percentage in that. Instead, we could be so grateful for the people who are called to work and respond to worthy issues that are not fires we ourselves are equipped to put out. Don't put onto someone else your focus and passion and expect them to take up your flag with them either. They need to ask these same questions. Man, I hope you're getting this. I'm not saying that we should put our heads in the sand. I'm saying that if your circuits are overwhelmed, there's a reason. And the reason isn't because you are heartless. It's because there is not a human heart on this planet that can bear all of what is happening right now. Thank you for being the person who cares about and responds to animals or the environment or immigration or domestic violence or any other worthy to be cared about things that are in your midst. Thank you for responding where you respond. Do you hear that? Do you hear the, the tripping breakers? I do. And I have my unique lens. I, I hear it from many facets in the community. But each of you are also connected in many facets of the community. I'm no different than you. Some of you say, well, Mike, you're involved in blah, 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 blah. Well, so what? So are you in your own ways. You have people you're connected to, and you hear the voices Let's not contribute with unnecessary stress to others of where they're supposed to have an opinion, what that opinion is supposed to be. Whatever topic, speak of it humbly. If you don't sense they're buying into it, back off. Don't push. 
where you become a pushy person who is now just a loud, clanging symbol. Which makes me come back to this. What about the basics? Did, any of you, did you catch what I just read? Show me a hand if it made sense or if I read too fast. Okay, I hope so, because it really hit my heart. Even if it didn't seem to fit, I needed to share it. Because it made me remind, it remind me of this. Obviously, this is a very old one. An automobile manual. Recently, I had to look at a manual to find out what something did or what type of bulb or what kind of oil my car needs. And suddenly, I, I discovered a button that did something I didn't know it did. I went, no way. All this time, I had no idea what that did. Are you kidding? That's so cool. Because <laughs> it was in the manual. And I think John chapter 1, verses 1 to 18 is that. It's that, what? What? I might have read it, but I never remembered it because I focused on everything else. I was more interested in the story, how to get the car going, how to turn the engine on, gas, pedal, oh yeah, brakes too. <laughs> you know, we're focused on all that fun stuff, but the fundamental foundations and our faith is founded not on the Bible, ouch, which I want to get into, not today. Our faith is founded in the one who's revealed in the scriptures. I don't know if you know this, but the word of God, we just saw a capital, is not the Bible. Because now you're running down a rabbit trail of which Bible? Which translation? Translated from which Greek text? Translated from Latin? Tra what? Do, are we talking about the Orthodox Bible? Are we talking about the Catholic Bible? Are we talking about the Protestant Bible? Which, which Bible? So you can't, you can't say the Bible is the word, capital W, of God. Jesus is the word of God. I think it was Brad Jerzak who said, the Bible is an errant and infallible, and when he turned 18, he grew a beard. <laughs> That's cool. I like that. Because it's taken, it's taken the emphasis away from being right, because now we're saying, well, I have this translation, I got this denomination, we're more right than you. Remember, the church has set up the greatest system of division and separation mindset ever. In all honesty, how many of you remember growing up, again, Lori and I have been talking about this a little bit in our summer walks, but man, we were taught from a young age, stay away from those people. They're ungodly. Nope, have nothing to do with them. They'll influence you. That sounds like Jesus to me. It's awful if you really think about it, which brings me back to this. Who is Jesus beyond Sunday school stories and miracles? Who is Jesus beyond our religious differences and opinions? Who is Jesus beyond all that we think we know and think we believe? Everything you think you know and everything you think you believe is incomplete. Every one of us, everyone watching, everyone in this room, me, it's incomplete. We don't know it all. We cannot. We're never meant to. So, what do we do? 
So we're faced with a world crisis. And one of the greatest losses besides the deaths and the ailments that flow from COVID-19 are the loss of relationships. That's what I'm seeing. Because now people have set up walls. Don't you dare talk about this word. Or if, I, if you say this word, I'm coming at you and I'm, I'm going to give you a rebuttal because I'm called to speak. No, you're not. We, we, we set ourselves up ready for a fight. I, we found this out. I remember in one store I was at and a person was standing really close to me and I asked them to stand back and they weren't wearing a mask because we're supposed to wear them. And I asked them, Could, you're supposed to be wearing a mask. Man, I, I shouldn't have said anything. I just should not have said anything at all. <laughs> this person was ready. Boom. Oh my goodness. Everyone's tense. Everyone is hurting in some way or another because what was normal has been changed and normal wasn't really working anyway. So what is going to be the new normal? And I have a hunch it's forcing us to look back to the foundation for all of us. Instead of talking about the things that divide us, let's begin to refocus on the things that bring us together. And I'm not even talking about doctrines per se, although that, that plays into it. The things I want to come in on this is this whole idea of in the beginning. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. We're speaking of Jesus here, if you can't tell yet. To me, this is the foundation for every believer. This is the foundation for every unbeliever. Even there, see, we've got divisions, unbeliever, believer. What's the difference between an unbeliever and believer? I'll tell you, it's really simple, belief. That's it. Don't make it more than that. If you do... You've set up another system of separation. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. That's quite a lot of stuff, right? So the foundation is Jesus has been from before time with the Father. The Trinity is blatantly shown here to have been from the beginning. But the point here is Jesus. Jesus is the one that keeps us together. Is our laminin, our DNA, our union. All things came into being through him. Now, some people have said, well, God created the world. Well, John is kind of messing that up. <laughs> it's telling us Jesus. God did it through Jesus. Jesus was the one God used to create all things. All things have been created in Christ, by Christ. And we'll see that in Colossians later. Not today. But all things came into being through him. Everything. Wow, that could have some serious ramifications. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. I love this next line. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. If I take my laser beam here and I put it on the screen, it's shining on the screen, or I can shine it on Brett, but it's not going through Brett, is it? 
No. It's not going through the screen. This text says the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness didn't perceive it. To me, this is one of the most beautiful pictures that the light of Christ shines through all humanity. Because we say people are filled with darkness, right? Great. Now we have light shining through darkness, but the darkness is not comprehended. The darkness doesn't comprehend the light. But objectively, it's still there. Factually, it's still there. Huh. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. To me, it sounds like there's only one life. Do you have life independent of God? Like, really? We can't. It's impossible. Otherwise, you're a God. Do you ever think about that? There's no life apart from God, from Jesus, who is the life. It gets better. And when, all, when you see this pattern of verses, not just from 1 John, but from what is coming, you're going to start to see, holy smokes, this, this Jesus is bigger and better than I've been told. I'm, or if I was told, I wasn't ready to hear it, or I, I didn't hear it that way before. That's what's happening to me. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light. I like the capital, it's awesome. So that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. There was the true light which coming into the world enlightens some people who say the prayer. <laughs> Is that what it says? No. Now please don't jump ahead. If you're well churched, you're going to say right away, are you trying to say everybody's saved? Everybody believes? No, I'm not trying to say that. That's churchy terminology. I'm just going to show you what the scriptures tell us. The enlightenment and light, get it? Comes from Jesus. To all humanity. There's much more. This is not a cherry-picking verse because there's many more coming. But when you start to read this in sequence, you go, oh my goodness, I never thought of it that way. I've never heard it packaged. Oh, the way it was written. That's right. <laughs> Let me take a look at this verse 9 part. Remember we were just talking about there, verse 9, there's the true light. Here's what the New Living Translation says. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. The New American Standard Bible, we just read that. Um, uh, but the mere translation says, a new day for humanity has come. The authentic light of life that illuminates everyone was about to dawn in the world. Read it in multiple translations. You'll find it beautiful. Verse 10. He was in the world and the world was made through him. How would you like to enter yourself? How does that work? Did you ever think about that? Christ is in me and I'm in Christ. And all of creation is made in Christ. Man, that, that's like some funky stuff. If, if you, I think like that sometimes. Maybe you don't think like that, but it does blow my mind. <laughs> and the world did not know him. 
He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. The Jews. Hebrews. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even those who believe in his name. Uh Uh-oh, hang on. Let's read verse 12 again. We'll come back another time for this, but this is a teaser. You can do your own research, but it says, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. What's that? It's a very good question, but let's keep going. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. Jesus came full of rules and regulations, right? Is that what it says? Grace and truth. We've talked about church crap before. Crap stands for Christian rules and procedures. Jesus did not come to bring us crap. He came to bring us grace and truth. And your heart, your spirit will know the difference. The light in you will recognize light. John testified about him and called out saying, this was he of whom I said. He who is coming after me has proved to my superior because he existed before me. Maybe you're appreciating the, the uh, what do you call it, um, First Nations version now? <laughs> Just says it better, but anyway, this is, this is good. For of his fullness we have all received, past tense, have, and grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. Okay? To me, this is a, a major, major theme. And this next final verse is the pinnacle. And this was inspired by my friend, um, really good friend, Bill Thrasher. He made a post about this and he said, this is probably one of the most overlooked verses in the Bible. No one has seen God at any time. God the only son who is in the arms of the father. He has explained him. Huh, what does that mean? It means every other story you've read is incomplete. Only written from a perspective, Jesus is the only one who's truly seen the father. Passion Translation says it like this. No one ever before gazed upon the full splendor of God except his uniquely beloved son, who is cherished by the Father and held close to his heart. Now that he has come to us, he has unfolded the full explanation of who God truly is. What does unfolded mean? Or he has led the way into the knowledge of God. The Greek word, whatever that is, can mean either to lead the way or to explain. You want to know what God's like? Ask Jesus. Don't go to the Old Testament because they, they got it wrong, incomplete, or through a glass darkly. It, was, ah, it's, it kind of looks like that. None of them had it correct. Jesus did. From the First Nations translation we read earlier, no one has ever seen the great spirit but the one son 
who is himself the great spirit and closest to the Father's heart, has shown us what he is like. Last one from the mirror. This is the lengthier one. Until this moment, God remained invisible. Now the authentic, incarnate, begotten Son, the blueprint of our design, who represents the innermost being of God, the Son, who is the bosom of the Father, brings him into full view. He is the official authority, qualified to announce God. He is our guide who accurately declares and interprets the invisible God within us. Oh my goodness. Can you see how this can get exciting? <laughs> the one, the word, the revealer. Jesus. He's not just the Sunday school stories of cool walking on water, making loaves of fish and bread and stuff and waking the dead. He's, he's more than just Lazarus. He's more than just the cross. He's more than just the resurrection. It starts here. I hope you'll tag along as we continue this diving into who is Jesus. Let the scriptures speak. Let the different translations reveal and share. May the knowledge you currently have be expanded. May what is incomplete be added onto. What is incorrect be deleted. And may Jesus be the light in you, showing you the light you're supposed to see. And I think when this happens, we're going to start to see relationships change in this pandemic, and it starts with us. The ones who are hearing that, hmm, we're called to be light, not speaking darkness. And I'm speaking to myself here. <laughs> you all know that. So today, what is it you've learned? How much water's in your bucket? You can't put fires out everywhere, but love the people that God puts in front of you. Yeah, but I, I kind of see, forget looking around the corner like I, I do. <laughs> right in front of you. That, that could change some things, and I hope it does for me personally. Heavenly Father, the words we have just read, will you make it come alive to us for the questions we may have about what was read? May you be the revealer of it, the interpreter of it, not me. May we go on this week waking up to the reality that you live in us and deeply love us and deeply love every person we meet. Amen. All right. As we wrap up, I'm encouraging you to do your online donations. And uh, if you haven't uh, given to the food drive or benevolent, can you consider doing that. The next Benevolent uh, Compassion Fund will begin at Advent, which is the final Sunday of November. I know it's coming quick. Holy smokes. And then uh, don't forget to register for next Sunday if you want to join us in person. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for those that are here in person. It was it's good to have you all here. See ya.